views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. would have had serious consequences for the world financial system but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the US wants to avoid at all costs we slicing cake we slicing cake we slicing cake say the US wants to Slicing cake. Say the US wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing. Gaddafi didn't give up. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. It's an idea that would shift the economic balance of the world. Countries' wealth would depend on how much gold they have, not how many dollars they trade. And Libya has 144 tons of gold. Good morning and welcome to Tando Radio Show. Today's date is May 20th, 2019. This is Scotty sitting in for Dave of Tando Radio Show. Not sure what happened with uh, Dave this morning. He has posted some articles that he wanted me to share with you. Uh, We should be joined by Pastor Keith a little later, but we'll just be going over some current events today, uh, possibly only on for about an hour today, but if we need to, uh, we can go over that hour. Just got a lot of stuff to catch up on. Um... Let me go ahead and uh, check our board. All right. So, yeah, uh, Pastor Keith should be joining us a little later. Um, but I do have the articles from Dave that he wanted me to share with you uh, this morning. Um, hope that you all got through the weekend okay, that you didn't go through any license checks and gotten tickets or even worse, got snatched up and put in jail. Um, I always think about that on the weekends. You know, I don't I don't party anymore. I haven't been to a club in probably over 20-something years. Um, but that was always a concern or, or on the weekend. You knew that they was going to be setting up license checks and what have you. But, you know, you shouldn't be out there drinking and driving or drugging and driving anyway. Um, but, yeah, um, before we get started in today's show, please continue to support Black Talk Media Project, which manages the Black Talk Radio Network. Without Black Talk Media Project, we wouldn't have many of the programs that you hear on the network. Um, I can't say the same about podcasting because there's other podcasting platforms out there. But, you know, we've been going strong for about 11 years, and that's thanks to you, our donors, and our clients. Uh, also, if you're interested in real money, you want to check out ProsperityMint.com. Again, that's ProsperityMint.com, where you can get all your precious metals. But before you purchase 
please get in touch with Dave first. Go check out their inventory. If there's anything there that you want to purchase, like gold, silver, platinum, uh, other precious metals, be sure to get in touch with Dave um, first. Um, let me see if we have uh, Pastor Keith. No, I don't think Pastor Keith is on the line. If Pastor Keith is listening, uh, anytime, um, once you get in, just unmute yourself. You can hit the star key twice. And by the way, of course, uh, we want to invite you, the listeners, to call in with any of your uh, viewpoints or opinions on today's stories. Uh, if there's something that uh, perhaps we did not post in BTR community or Dave didn't post in BTR community and you think it's important, you want to bring it to our attention, please give us a call at 704 802 5056, that's 704-802-5056, hit the star key twice, oh, okay, there we go, uh, good morning, uh, Pastor Key, uh, hit the star key twice, and that will unmute you, all right, so let me go ahead and welcome in the co-host, Pastor Keep. you there, good morning. Uh, we can you can, hear me? Yes, we can hear you now, good morning to you. Good morning to you. I apologize. I was working this job this morning, so getting off a tad bit late. But well, you're here now, here and that's go. all that matters, right? Yes, sir. God is good all the time. They say all the time. All right. So um, I'm not sure what happened with Dave this morning. I, I logged in to BTR community, and they said Kearney Vince with Scotty and Pastor Keith. So. I hope Dave is okay, but he did post some stories for us um, that we'll be going over. Keith, man, last, um, the show we did on Friday, I said that in concerning Iran and and really we should even say China and Russia, but in terms of going to war with Iran, I said I couldn't, I, I can't tell what Donald Trump wants to do. Uh, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Um, at times talking out his behind and I, I just can't call it. You know, he's saying he don't want war. Then he is making threats, um, you know, saying that he's going to destroy Iran. And I, I just can't call it Keith, but I am very concerned, um, about those who will be put in harm's way, uh, whether they are civilians or soldiers, um, you know, as Dave has uh, always said, you know, we got these people that like to start wars that they don't have to fight. So my concern is with the people, man, the regular people who ain't making these decisions. And I tell you, man, it's like it's like I don't know what to say about the United States other than it's the most warmongering uh, a nation on the planet, man. I, I just don't understand it, Dave. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't understand it, Keith. It's like they just got a spirit of war. I don't know, man. What do you think? <laughs> they do. I put out a thing the other day, and uh, I believe it was President Carter. And President Carter said that in the history of the United States, we've had... Okay, you do say. And the history of the United States, the United States has had 16 years of peace. 16 years. Out of how many years? Oh, what is it? 1776? So what are you looking at? 200 and... 200 plus years. 45. And almost 250 years 
They've had 16 years of peace. Wow. And he said, with that, we are the most warmongering nation that has ever existed. Okay. Now, to, as far as what you were saying about uh, Donald Trump, from everything that I've read on him, we can say that he's consistent. And what I mean by that is he's consistent at being inconsistent. They say that pretty much he's he's always been, I, I'll use the word, somewhat incompetent in all that he's done. And not only that, but they say that he's never had a foundation or a platform for anything. You know, he changes with whoever it is in front of him. And he aims to please uh, whoever's in front of him at that point in time. Now, prior to him becoming the president, most of, the, most of his things was he was against war. He's against war. He believed that we should have pulled out of Iran and we shouldn't have been there, et cetera, et cetera. But now he's got another audience in front of him. You mean Iraq, right? He sh- we should have pulled I'm out sorry, of Iraq. Iraq. Yeah. Yes. yes, I'm sorry. And, and it shows because he'll say something, go to whatever his scene is that night, the crowd is against that, and he'll flip it right then and there. So he's never stood solid on anything. He's never had a strong plan on anything. He just does what he does when he does it. You know, Keith, um, perhaps you you can, I'm I'm sure you know what the answer to this, but what does the Bible say about a double-minded man? He says that, Come on, Pastor Keith. I know you know it. it. Yeah, it comes of nothing, is what it basically says. It comes of nothing. It, it It's of no good. It's of no use. Uh, nothing positive comes from it. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways because he'll just blow with the wind. You know what I'm saying? You can't count on them to to go one way or the other. They're unstable. And I think that perfectly describes Donald Trump. Do you think so, that he's double-minded and unstable? Absolutely. I would say so. You know, it's kind of of different. Uh, I said that thing the other day, and it's pretty amazing, you know. If you listen to Donald Trump, uh, he's one of the most intelligent people there are, but you can't see his grades. You know, he's most he's one of the most uh, best business person, people that's ever existed. But he refused to let you see his taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he's he's the cleanest and uh, most non-criminal person that he is. But he refuses to release a report that would tell us that. <laughs> you know, it kind of speaks for himself. Everything about Donald Trump is. In the old, uh, the words of an old Jackson Five song, "Just a Mirage." Well, I'm just very, very concerned. I'm so glad I don't have any children uh, that's in the U.S. military right now, man. Because one of the things I learned is that you know these people don't value life. They don't even value the troops' lives. They don't, man. It's cannon fodder. But let's get into some of these articles. Um, now, oh, it, it, 
before you go, though, Scotty. Okay, did okay. You did you see that article that they were celebrating the fact that uh, they had just uh, graduated the largest population? Yeah, I saw of, that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, black females out of... Uh, out of uh, the city is it the Citadel? Was it the no, not the Citadel? The Citadel is in South Carolina, I believe it's West Point, which is in Virginia, right? Yeah, it's West Point. Yeah, so, I saw yeah, that picture on Twitter. Yeah, um, Think Progress was tweeting that out, and and you know, because I remember you had mentioned that on Friday and asked us about it, and I hadn't seen it. Uh, but I was on Twitter over the weekend and I saw the picture. And, you know, it was talking about uh, West Point graduates, the highest number of African-American women, and they're all standing there in their uniforms with swords, striking a pose. And I was like, so what? So what? That's just more cannon fodder. Well, yeah, and what you just said, that where that article came out of, you know, that really struck my fancy. What you say, fake progress? And the United States is so good at that because they celebrate these things, having no idea that it's all cloaked in evil. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I don't know what it is, man, but... They they love to point out these first when it when it comes to women, but it's not necessarily a good thing to be the first in some things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, absolutely. And again, it's, it, it, it's the thing with it's not a coincidence that all of a sudden you have all these black women in the military on the verge of the territory we're about to enter. You know. And I'm also thinking about, you know, that federal judge who recently ruled on the selective service. For those that don't know what the selective service is, all U.S. citizens who are males, when they turn 18, they have to register for the draft. And you register for the draft through the selective service. You can do that at your post office. Uh, There's a number of ways that you can do it, but that's the easiest way to do it. But pretty soon, keep you know, like that judge said, hey, to exclude women from the draft is to practice discrimination. And and we can't justify not drafting women since they now are in combat roles. Something that, you know, I remember uh, back in the 90s that they was pushing for and what have you. And, and that's not a good thing, man. That is not a good thing. That's not a good thing at all. Because basically what they're saying is men, and I'll get in trouble with but the fact of the matter, Scotty, is men and women are not the same. We are not the same. And uh, for you to try to force a scenario that makes them makes them the same is crazy. You know, but that's exactly what they're trying to do. Now, before they were saying this, they were saying that, okay, we're going to allow women into these combat positions and stuff if they desire. Because if they desire discriminate. Okay, that's fine and dead. But now to all of a sudden say that they are the same and everybody's eligible for everything regardless of gender, that's ridiculous. Before the women at least had an option of opting out. But it sounds like they're removing that option. Yeah, and when you say not the same, you mean not the same physically. And that's just a fact, man. That's just a fact. They're not the same physically. 
Um, when you out there in the field, you know, it's a whole different ball game out there. And women have, have needs that men don't have. And I'm talking about physically. And, you know, it could jeopardize the mission. Um, so it, it, it's just, but really, really, you know, this is about, um, this is about, about uh, strengthening the cannon fodder, man. They want to increase the, the pool of people that they can send to the front lines or, or send to a war zone and, and, you know, be eligible to get killed, man. And, you know, Keith, uh, to point that out, you know, I had seen where, they talk about the kingdom of the homie. They talk about the Amazon warriors. Now, I ain't talking about Wonder Woman in that little island or what have you. The real Amazons or who were given that name were women. Um, many of them had been captured from neighboring tribes. The kingdom of the homie had captured them and it was, and they called them the Amazons and what have you. And I had seen on Facebook where they had posted a couple of black celebrities. I think it was the one who plays on the walking dead. And then she was in, um, the Avengers, you know, I'm talking about the, um, in the Avengers, she has a, a bald head. Uh, she's one of the guards or, or what have you. Oh, right, right, right. The general on Black Panther. Yeah, on, on Black Panther. And so they were saying that they were going to make this movie. Um, about the Amazons and everybody was celebrating that and, and saying, oh, wow, you know what I'm saying? But then when you look up the real history of the Amazons, when they met the French fighting men on the battlefield, they got slaughtered, man. They got slaughtered on the battlefield. So I, I tell you, man, they use all kind of propaganda to, uh, um, how would you, how would I say to, uh, <sighs> To romanticize war and to romanticize, you know, warriors and, you know, when the truth of the matter is, you know, it's not anything that anyone should aspire to be. Not a killer. Yeah, you're exactly right. Where where else you can see this? And it used to, it really irks me. It's like Angelina Jolie, right? She get on the movies and... You know, she's single-handedly taking care of six, seven, eight SWAT-trained, you know, professional fighter male individuals by herself, you know. And like you said, they perpetuate all that stuff. Now, what happens is when the dude turns around and he takes advantage of a woman because he can't have the average male can then the people are up in arms, but that's a male. He should have known better. But you perpetuated all that stuff. You know, another example is you take you take a, a outstanding, I'm talking about a world-class athlete, and you put her in the same event on the male side, they can't compete. You know, the stuff we're talking about here is not rocket science. So now you're going to take these females and put them in the most egregious physical world of war and you want to act like it's justifiable because it's discrimination if you go. Yeah. It's absurd. Yeah, it is. It is. But let's jump into uh, some of these articles. Again, if you have a question, 
a comment, or an observation you would like to share, give us a call this morning on Tando Radio Show, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. Hit the star key twice uh, to unmute yourself. Watch background noise, please, and um, we're going to get started on some of these stories, and it's, it's basically related to what we're talking about, and... Um, so this first article comes from RT.com. China is urging the U.S. to abandon a long, the long-arm jurisdiction and show restraint on Iran and trade war issues. So they're talking about the world police, the U.S. acting like the world police, policing the world like it's their responsibility and what have you. Um, but Beijing has warned the U.S. against taking the ongoing trade war too far and once again criticized Washington's unilateralist diplomacy, calling upon it to show restraint in the escalating standoff with Tehran. The remarks were made by the country's top diplomat, Wang Yi, during phone talks with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. China's foreign ministry said in a statement on Saturday, the U.S. State Department shares few details of the conversation. The Chinese foreign minister urged the U.S. not to go too far in escalating the current trade war, reiterating Beijing's willingness to settle differences through negotiations. The two diplomats also discussed the situation in the Middle East, in particular the standoff between the U.S. and Iran. Beijing called upon both parties to show restraint and avoid further escalation while emphasizing its firm position against Washington's long-arm jurisdiction policies. Um, so, you know, China's not... I, I, man, we just got so much going on, Keith. We got this trade war going on with China that could result in consumer uh, products prices, you know, uh, rising exponentially. Um, we got we messing around in Venezuela. Now we're threatening Iran, and that's not to mention all the other places that that you know we have uh, conflict in uh, Iraq, still in Iraq, still in Afghanistan. Still in Syria, despite what Trump said about we need to get out. Um, so I, I, I just I, I don't I don't know, man. This is the most um, unstable time of my life, man, that I can recall. You know, since I started paying attention to to the news, which in, interestingly was when I joined the U.S. military in. Um, uh, what year did did I join? 1987. That's when I started paying attention really closely to politics because I saw the connection. Um, um, what those politicians would be saying and then what um, the word that we would get from our commanders about this, that, or the, or the other uh, pertaining to that. But I've never, I can't recall at any time where we had so many disputes with other nations going on simultaneously. And, and I know I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, Keith, but, you know, can you recall a time where we ha were in so many adversarial conflicts with so many nations at the same time? No, Scotty, I can't. You know, and, and to me, and I think I said this last week uh, also, that when I look at what the United States is doing, it seems like they are in a process of flat-out sabotage. It looks like they are willfully putting things in place for this self-destruction. Um, 
you talked about the taxes. Well, I just read a thing the other day where we have a record number of uh, farmers going bankrupt. Now, what had happened, which is absurd, is there was another article that said that um, what he decided to do was he decided to set up a welfare for the farmers to help. So now you have them taking out loans to pay the farmers to protect them from these tariffs that you set up, meaning you pay more interest to the Chinese that the tariffs are for. So they, as absurd as that is, but it doesn't even stop there yet, Scotty, uh, because I read that half that money is going to bail out foreign companies. The farmers aren't even getting that. And they say, well, because it was going to a, a large meat packing plant out of Brazil and stuff. And they're talking about, well, ultimately they'll get it back to like the trickle down effect type thing. It's absurd what the United States is doing. And again, it's all leading to their destruction. And it seems to be willful. That's what I'm not understanding. No, I don't I don't ever think you'll be able to look back into history at a time in which the United States was acting in such a self destructive manner. Again, it looks like it looks like sabotage to me. Well, you know, Dave talks about the untied states and celebrity figureheads with the perfect personality to uh, take the fall or take the blame um, for, you know, the U.S. using this position, which, again, isn't necessarily a bad thing in the long term view. Will it lead to a lot of people suffering? Um, a lot of deaths possibly could be, um, but still in the long term, we have seen, as you talked about Jimmy Carter, um, that, you know, we, all we do, man, is fight wars. That's all we do is antagonize the rest of the world, man, while, while pretending to be some kind of shining, uh, uh, example of democracy in the world. Um, let me see. Now, this next article is dealing with Iran. It's coming to you from SputnikNews.com. And it's talking about Iran's Revolutionary Guard commander. It's comparing the U.S. to the World Trade Center building in 9-11, in a 9-11 job. Now, before I get into this article, um, Cynthia McKinney on Twitter had posted... Um, had posted an article, I think it was from Mint Press. I don't have it in front of me because I hadn't planned on sharing that. But it was dealing with 9-11 and the five is dancing is Israelis. You ever heard of the five dancing Israelis connected to 9-11? No, I think you have me on that one, Scotty. Uh, well, yeah, I became aware of it a few years back. Um, there, there's this is what happened. Okay, so you had these five guys who was uh, posted up on this building, taking pictures of the World Trade Center. They were there the day before. Um, then on the day of the attacks, when the World Trade Centers were were uh, you know attacked or slammed into. Um, by planes, uh, although, you know, there are some engineers who said that those planes could not bring down the towers and other people were saying that, that those buildings were imploded. Um, so besides that, though, once they were, once the buildings started coming down, the Israelis were again, these five guys, then nobody knew who they were at the time, um, were out there 
high-fiving and celebrating as these planes was crashing into the towers. So this woman had saw them doing that and called the police. They were arrested. And at, to make a long story short, Keith, they were Mossad agents. So she had shared she had uh shared that. And so the insinuation wasn't that Israel was behind the attacks, but Israel had forewarning of the attacks and didn't and didn't tell the US. Or maybe they did. And you know, uh the Bush administration decided to uh let it happen. Who knows? I don't know. I, I can't pretend to know. Um, but, you know, here we had this article where Iran's uh, commander is saying for the uh, the uh, Revolutionary Guard is saying, you know, comparing the U.S. to the World Trade Center building. So it goes on to say tensions have flared in a volatile region with U.S. diplomats warning that airliners flying over the Persian Gulf risk misidentification and non-essential diplomatic staffers acting upon orders to lead the U.S. Embassy. Uh, let me see. This was posted up on... Okay, I'm not sure the date that this was posted, but anyway, it says that the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Commander General Hussein Salami taunted Donald Trump's administration with a 9-11 illusion on Saturday in a painful reference to the attacks on the World Trade Center in 2001 against the backdrop of spiraling tensions between Iran and the United States. The U.S. political system has an apparently huge body but suffers from osteoporosis, the high-ranking Iranian official told the Forest News Agency. Um, in fact, the U.S. is like a world trade building that collapses with a sudden hit, he said, adding that the American system has cracked and lost its strength. However, he has emphasized that Iran is not seeking war, while according to him, the difference between us and them is that they are afraid of war and don't have the will for it. His words have echoed those of Iranian Foreign Minister Mohad Javad Zarif, who said his country is not seeking war, according to the state-run Islamic Republic news agency. Zarif said, in fact, as the Supreme Leader said, there will be no war since we are not seeking war and nobody in the region is suffering from hallucinations that they're able to confront Iran. Well, keep I'm going to leave it there. Um, well, it says that Zarif added that although President Donald Trump has said he is not seeking an armed conflict, some that have sat around him are pushing for such a conflict. So he's talking about Pompeo. He's talking about uh, the mu mustache, <laughs> to use Trump's name for John Bolton. Um, and so, um, you know, this goes back to where I was talking earlier about I, I don't know what Donald Trump is thinking. On one hand, he's saying, you know, he ran on a platform. And like you said, before he even got into politics, was saying, you know, um, he had an aversion to war and, and going to war because he felt like it drained the United States unnecessarily of, you know, its resources and what have you. And he ran a pla on a platform of getting us out wars and not starting anymore. But here we are in his in his first term. And we might be going to war with Venezuela. We might be going to war with Iran. And if they keep messing around and taunting China in the South China Seas, as I read this morning, they sent another carrier group. We could be, you know, looking at war there as well. Uh, Keith, did you have a yeah. comment? 
Uh, I agree. I, I don't think uh, we might be. I think those are all but pretty much deafness. Um, you think so? Bolton, and, and, and the thing is, what's so crazy is everybody knows that Bolton has been wanting to go to war for the last 30 years. Yeah. That's, that seems to be his whole agenda. He, he lives to want the United States to go to war. And that's the guy you put in the position that he's in? You know, and again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about sabotage. If you look at almost every high-ranking position he has, whether it be education, whether it be to defense ministry, whether it be to whatever it is, whether you're talking about the, uh, the environmental agency, everybody that's in charge is somebody that, I won't even say it's incompetent, but that was somebody that is against whatever department that is that has actively fought against the department itself. Now, if that's not sabotage, I don't know what is. Yeah. You know, um, I had seen some earlier reports, um, where they were pointing out, like you said, John Bolton has been talking regime trains change specifically in Iran for over 30 years. And he actually had been paid and gave a speech for this group that used to be listed as a terrorist organization, an Iranian dissident group. Of course, they're not in Iran, um, but he's giving speeches. And in one speech in particular, saying that how he was going, how Iran was going to be overthrown and he was going to be partying in Tehran. So, you know, this guy, man, I, 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 I was like, man, if Donald Trump was sincere about um, these unnecessary wars, why would you appoint Bolton? But again, I think Donald Trump is easily manipulated. I think he is also. Uh, and and on top of easily manipulated, again, he's not very intelligent. You know, as demonstrate, demonstrated in any field that you want to go to, his, his field of expertise was supposed to be real estate. Mm-hmm. But but really, if you look at his history, he's a great failure even in that. Real estate and fact, casinos. Pardon me? Real estate and, con- and casinos and golf courses. All of it. You know, all of it. Um, do you know where Donald Trump makes all his money? No, I don't. Okay, so basically here's the scenario. For whatever reason, he had money. His dad gave him almost $400 million. Now, I read an article that if he would have took those $400 million and just let it sit somewhere, he'd be worth more than he's worth with all the investments. Because it's like what you talked the other day. He lost, what, a billion dollars in 10 years? So, you know, he's a colossal failure. But where Donald makes the majority of his money is when you remember when he had that Trump Airlines and Trump casinos and all that stuff went bust what happened was he was almost bankrupting these banks and everything that financed all of this stuff Mm -hmm. so they were about to take a huge 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 loss so what they did they got together and they said okay here's what we're going to do we're going to we're going to take everything you own nothing but we're going to pay you for your name. 
I was thinking that licensing using his name. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But all that came about because he was such a huge failure. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is a new term that I heard. It's called failing up. And they was talking about Beto out of out of your uh, state of Texas, uh, the former representative who's running for president. And they did a whole article on how he failed upwards. They're talking about how white men fail upwards in this country. And that, I think that applies to Donald Trump as well. Uh, let me see. Now, out of this article, I think that this commander is wrong if he thinks that you know, we talked last week about that um, military exercise they did where the Iranian, you know, simulated forces with the U.S. general commanding those Iranian forces uh, were inflicted a huge amount of casualties on the U.S. forces. And then they stopped the exercise in the middle and then issued the American side the cheat codes and they scripted it so that they came out on top. Hey, Keith, we're getting a lot of background noise from you, bro. Okay, let me mute myself. Okay. Hold on. So we were... Um, Man, I lost my train of thought on that one. Uh, what was I saying? I was saying that... Okay, uh, you were talking about how they were changing the cheat codes. Yeah, the cheat codes they- and what have you. Um, to, and then they scripted it so that the American forces would beat the Iranian forces. And that U.S. general got mad and quit because he said it was apparent that this wasn't a real exercise because they wanted it you know, to go the way that they wanted to go. and And so... If this general uh, Hussein Salami thinks that even though they know they would suffer huge casualties and it'd be a disastrous war for the U.S. and specifically for the troops that would be sent there, then uh, he just really doesn't understand how U.S. troops are expendable to these people. They're expendable, man. They'll just keep throwing bodies at it, and and regardless of how many people. And you know what? What really stood out to me? Um, you ever watched those? For example, Saving Private Ryan when they were invading uh, France and landing in France on D-Day. How they just kept right. throwing bodies and bodies and bodies up against you know a wall of bullets and what have you, and, and just kept sending them in, sending them in. That's a perfect example of how they look at the truth. They're expendable. So if this... Yeah, um, and there's several examples of that. If if you go back and study like war history and stuff, there's a a very famous battle. It was called Hamburger Hill. And it was a prime example, you know. I saw that movie. I saw that movie right out of basic training. Right when I graduated basic training... Um, you know, I got a little uh, leave time in between. I had to report to my um, my uh, training uh, facility. Excuse me, not training facility, but I had to uh, report for my advanced training. And so I went to the movies, man. That's what I went to see with Hamburger Hill, right out of basic training. So I remember what you're talking about, how they was ch- kept trying to go up this hill and take it. And then the hill had little strategic importance. Little strategic value little but they sacrifice these thousands of people to take this hill for no real significance 
that's how they do. Yeah, it's it's sad, man. And I I just don't know what it's going to take. And again, I'm right now I just got a picture in, in my head of those black women standing on the steps of West Point with their little little um, swords in their little neat little uniforms and you know that's being celebrated as some kind of accomplishment that that's not an accomplishment to me not something that I would celebrate but anyway moving on now I talked about China right now it's a trade war that's going on with China and it could turn into a shooting war concerning the South China Seas also you got Taiwan going on um, now you got um, well, they've been doing this for a while. Keep sending U.S. naval uh, uh, exercises in the South China seas, despite the warnings by China that, you know, you're messing around in our territorial water. So anyway, this article comes to you from internationalman.com, Doug Casey's International Man. Not just a trade war, but a shooting war with China. It says the Chinese came from nothing. Only 40 years ago, they had nothing but a billion impoverished peasants. No money, no technology, no power. Today, they're on par with the United States. But if this trend continues, which it will, their economy will triple the size of the U.S. economy in 20 years. And one thing I learned, Key, is that 20 years will go by like that. You know, especially since since I had children and now my children, my oldest daughter about to hit 30, you know, and, and all my children got children of their own. 20 years is nothing. It'll go by like that. Um, not just a trade war, but a shooting war with the Chinese seems inevitable because when tensions build up between states, they eventually fight with each other. China is the major rising power. It's got four times the U.S. population. It's soon going to be more economically powerful and it's going to reach military parity. It's of a different culture than the U.S. The U.S. government may figure its best it's best to take them out while the balance still favors them. It's a bit like the situation was with the USSR in the 80s. They could see they were going into decline and some Soviet generals figured it was now or never for a successful war. Successful war. Fortunately, they collapsed first. The Chinese don't like seeing U.S. aircraft carriers off their coast any more than we would like to see Chinese aircraft carriers in the Gulf of Mexico or off Santa Catalina Island. The last thing that we need is a war with the Chinese, but if something... But if something that's been called the, uh, how you say this word, Thucydides trap is invalid, and I think it is, then it's highly likely. It refers to the Peloponnesian War between Athens and Sparta at the end of the 5th century BC. The trap is sprung when a reigning power strikes out at the advancing power while they still have a chance of winning. The American military thinks that a shooting war is inedible. And it probably is. Why? Well, 5,000 years of history teaches us that it's better to start a war when you're more powerful than your enemy rather than wait until they're more powerful than you. It's always been this way. The golden rule of statecraft is do unto others, but do it first. It's a very dangerous situation. 
the U.S. may do something stupid, like fabricate an incident, and we'll, we'll, um, an incident happened over the weekend, but that's in another article concerning Iran that we'll talk about. But they're talking about false flags here, or he's talking about a false flag. The U.S. may do something stupid, like fabricate an incident and launch a preemptive strike against China, or perhaps things just get out of control as they did in World War One. It will make about as much sense as the Peloponnesian War or World War One, but these things can take on a life of their own. And it goes on to talk about a a coming financial crisis and saying this next one will be the big one. Nobody has, let me read this part. Nobody has a crystal ball, but I think you can see the dominoes lining up. Will this be the big one or will it just be another recession and inconvenience followed by even bigger bubbles? It's a question of odds and the more dominoes that line up, the political, economic, social, demographic, military, and cultural dominoes, the more logical that this next one is going to be much bigger than what happened in 2008. You got any thoughts on this, on this, Keith? You think that it could turn into a shooting war, this, this trade war escalating? I got a lot of thoughts on that, actually. Well, please I, um, do share. Well, I, I think that um, the United States is delusional in a whole lot of ways. Um, schizophrenic, even. You know, when you just talked about the the war games that they were having and when they found out that they were losing, they went in there and they went in with the cheat codes and they changed the outcome? Yes. The problem is with the United States, they go in there and they do that, but they forget that they do that, and they actually believe that that outcome is fact. You, you think know, so? They they believe their own hype. I don't I don't think that the United States can compete on China on any level right now. I really don't. Um, they kill us with numbers. They kill us with technology. Um, the only thing that we beat them at is, I think, probably in the numbers of uh, nuclear heads. I thought you was going to say sports. Well, and that's questionable. It's getting to be. <laughs> uh, you know, we we believe our own hype. We, we, we can't. Look, again, we don't even have a... Okay. Our military... Is worn the heck out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why these guys are doing six, seven tours. They're worn the heck out. I think we shared last week that they came out with the fact that they said that they did a survey and uh, young men from eighteen to twenty-four, um, only about a, a third of them had the physical capabilities of going into the military. So you got an army that's already worn out. You don't have the resources to build that army, whether it be personnel or finance. Mm-hmm. We lack in technology. As a matter of fact, they had that they they had that um, that uh, article. I think we talked about that on sixty minutes too, when they talked about when they found out that Russia was up. Uh, manipulating our political processes and stuff like that. And the guy that was in charge of it, he said, we went into this thing uh, 
And he said that the top countries for this were, he named three. You care what those three are as far as cyber warfare and stuff goes? You know the top three countries are? Um, probably China, Iran, and Russia, maybe? Uh, he said China, Russia, and North Korea. Okay. Okay, so they kill us. And he said us entering into that uh, atmosphere was like us going to war a modern with a modern uh, army, and we're going in there with bows and arrows. That's how far we were behind these three that he said. Mm-hmm. On what level are we going to compete with them in an all-out war? I, I I don't know, Keith. Um, especially if you're talking about taking the war to them, I highly doubt and that any. Scotty, and and we're only talking about one. Right. We're talking about it. Don't look good if we're going against Russia. It really don't look good if we're talking about going against China. It doesn't look good if we talk about going against India or any of them. But no, we're talking about going against all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear I hear you, Keith. Um, expe- now, what I was saying was that, especially if you think that, like, for example, when we were talking last week about what it would look like, well, that military exercise, they were saying that, you know, Iran's terrain is much different than Iraq. It's more rugged and what have you. I think it's either four times the land mass. They have a larger population. And, you know, it's just not going to be like how you think it's going to go down, like how you scripted it to go down. And so definitely, you know, if you try to invade mainland China or something like that, see, that's why they always try to fight these wars from a distance, you know, like um, um, with nothing but air power and what have you, or, you know, the air power being launched from uh, naval vessels, aircraft carriers, and what have you. Well, see, the problem with that is that when your forces are, 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 out there like that, you got to have the supply lines to keep them supplied. And I just think that, you know, they're easily disrupted, uh, especially with the technology that, that these other uh, powers have. What are your thoughts? I, I agree 100%. Now, not only the supply lines, but you have a couple other things going on as well. I was looking at uh, recently just the cost of a single nuke uh, of a single bomb and what it costs to when when they're doing these uh random bomb raids so whoever they're doing it at the point in time the cost of that and again at this point in time we have no money you know there's a reason why he's cutting the education budget there's a reason why he's cutting food stamps there's a reason why he's cutting everything because there's no money Again, I I just find it mesmerizing to think that we could be in a position in which we're even contemplating going into a full-scale war mm. with anybody. There's a couple of articles. Like you said earlier in the article, China said, you know what, you mess with Iran if you want to. Basically, we got our backs. 
So you start something with uh, with them, we're there. Same thing in Venezuela. Same thing with almost anybody you want to talk about. There, there's a reason why Angela Merkel came out. She says, look, I speak for most of Europe. And basically what we're here to say is we're against the United States. We have no allies. We have no army. We have no resources. And as we know, the dollar is about to be defunct. So you're talking about supplies and stuff. What ports are we going to go into and supply anyway if nobody is transacting with the dollar? Right. Um, I tell you, Keith, man, perilous times we living in. And again, you know, I'm just very concerned about our young men and women. And I'm concerned about the civilian populations because they always, you know, suffer the most casualties. It's, it's usually not high casualties in the wars we've fought in thus far. But again, we haven't gone up against the adversary or coalition like you just talked about. Um, but, you know, civilians always bear the brunt of war. They always pay the highest cost, man. And I'm just very, very concerned for for them. Um, now, false flags. There's two articles that kind of go together. Um, strategic culture. Um, yeah, strategic culture has an article that says U.S.-Iran showdown is one false flag attack away from global calamity. But before I get to that, let me go to RT because this went down. I didn't even find out about this till late, late last night. Um, but apparently, and I'm calling it, I'm just going to call it a false flag t- uh, attack uh, on the U.S. Embassy, although it didn't hit the U.S. Embassy, but it just has all the markings of a false flag attack. But anyway, let me let me go into this. President Donald Trump has warned that it would be the official end of the Islamic Republic if it threatens the U.S. just as Washington builds up its military presence near Iran under the pretext of national security. It's unclear what triggered the U.S. leader this time around as Iranian officials have consistently said in recent days that they want to avoid a military confrontation with the U.S., Earlier on Sunday, the commander of the elite Revolutionary Guards, Major General Hussein Salami, insisted that Iran only wants peace, but it isn't afraid to fight America. Um, Let me skip down on this article because this is really just talking about stuff that uh, we have covered um, a lot. And I thought it was going to mention... The fact, Keith, I don't know if you you saw anything on this, but apparently there was a rocket launch near the U.S. Embassy in Iraq. It did not hit the U.S. Embassy, but they're saying that it landed near the U.S. Embassy. Can Can you guess who they blaming it on? Who? Iran, of course. And what? So, what is their proof that Iran, um, you know, somebody took a rocket and launched it at the U.S. Embassy? Where they're saying that the rocket is the type of rocket that Iran uses, and you know, has armed militias with, and what have you. And so, I'm saying, I'm saying, the first thing that came to my mind. I don't know if you saw this article, but this was during. 
probably in the midst of the uh, Iraq war when it was really, really, you know, going full force. There was a guy, um, I can't remember his nationality right now, but there was a guy who was dressed up like a quote-unquote jihadist, but he, he wasn't even Arab, um, dressed up like a jihadist, and he got stopped at a checkpoint for some reason, and he had a he had a car full of, of weapons and what have you. And it, it turns out he wasn't even Iraqi and and or Arab or what have. I want to say it was uh, Israeli, um, but I'm not sure. So don't quote me on that. But it it people were talking about at the time. What was this guy doing? What was his mission? Well, possibly to, you know, uh, uh, launch a false flag attack. That's what came came to my mind, you know. Um, and so now Donald Trump is acting all belligerent and saying, yo, we'll destroy uh, Iran based off of this false flag. I guess, you know, the uh, so-called alleged attacks on the oil tankers didn't, didn't prompt the shooting war. The so-called drone attacks on the Saudi Arabian uh, oil pipeline, which again, it must not have been that much damage because they repaired it pretty quickly. Um, but that wasn't enough to draw. And we got uh, Saudi Arabian newspapers calling on the U.S. To, to attack Iran. And and so, man, I'm telling you, this just has all the hallmarks of a false flag uh, to me. And now Donald Trump is is based off of this saying that, hey, we'll end Iran if they want to threaten us. But, I mean, come on, dude. you That's all you've been doing is threatening Iran since you come into office. I don't know if I saw that article, but I did see another article. And what it was actually a map and a picture. And it showed the country of Iran and its surrounding countries and stuff. But all around... Iran, they had like, I'm thinking it was like 24, 25 military installations. And what the highlight to this was, this is a picture of this country. This is a picture of all the military installations that were surrounding this country. And it, and that, and it completely engulfed the country. I mean, all the way around the outside. And they say, and the United States says that this country is threatening them. Really? Right. right. Really. So, <laughs> you know, it kind of goes back to what you, you were saying. Let's take it all the way back at the very beginning of this, of this call-in today. When you were talking about 911. Sure, you can go into and they'll say, shut up, you're a conspiracist, and then and that's conspiracy theory and, and all of that. But there's a whole lot of stuff out there, Scotty, that just don't add up according to our account of what happened. There's a, a whole lot of stuff out there that was going on before and that, again, would bring a whole lot of that stuff into question. So the other question would be, how much credibility does the United States have when it comes to these things? You know, I, I would say very little, uh, internationally, very little. Uh, we might have some 
patriotic fanatics who believe everything they see in, in the news or believe the propaganda or or always believe the officials and not doing any research themselves and trying to make sense of it all, they'll just go for it. I'm sorry, I mean, were you done, Keith? No, I, I agree with what you're saying. Well, let me let me say this, Keith. Hold hold, hold up. Hold, okay. hold your thoughts for a moment, Keith, as we take our first break at the top of the hour. Um, I said we might only do an hour today, but we'll go ahead and go over the hour again. Any listeners, you know, I know we got some military, uh, former military in our listening audience. Well, actually, we got some active duty uh <laughs> military uh that tunes in as well but if you have any thoughts or even if you're not you know have any military experience we would love to hear your thoughts on all of this uh you can give us a call at 704-802-5056 704-802-5056 you're listening to tando radio show uh, again we started a new time about a week or so ago and we come on at 9 a.m eastern instead of 11 a.m eastern stay tuned we'll be back on the other side Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. And please continue to support Black Talk Media Project. It's a non-profit media organization that uh, launched the Black Talk Radio Network. We've been going strong for 11 years. If you want to see us make it to our 12th year, please considering becoming a monthly donor. Uh, also, shout out to the new members of btrcommunity.com. Um, added a couple of new members o- over the weekend. It's $24 a year to become part of that social media uh, platform to help us fund it um, because we don't have any kind of advertisement on there, no Google ads, no nothing. You know, the only kind of uh, promotions you will see will come from the members themselves. So that's twenty. That's btrcommunity.com for just twenty four dollars a year. Keith, uh, did you retain what you wanted to talk about? Or what you were saying before I interrupted you when we went to break? Yeah. So we were talking about credibility in the United States and the things that they do. Right. And and even now, if you look up the very popular subject of Venezuela, you know, even we know that's a coup. But even now, the United States is still denying that. You know, we have a whole history of that type of behavior. And and people are becoming more and more aware of those things. But even in the face of people becoming aware of it, we deny, deny, deny. I don't know, Scotty. You know, you mentioned um, Venezuela, and I don't know if you've been seeing the news reports of um, U.S. citizens occupying the Venezuela embassy in Washington. I think it's in Washington, D.C. Yeah, Washington, D.C., and trying to prevent the U.S. from seizing this embassy and turning it over to their proxy uh, uh, puppet, uh, Guaido. And they started cutting the power and preventing food from going in and were arresting the protesters, uh, again, protesting against the U.S.'s uh, policy toward Venezuela, the policy of regime change. But, you know, that comes to my mind, and I do have this five-minute clip I want to play about this Iraq, uh, rocket attack 
um, alleged rocket attack that hits Baghdad's green zone. Again, that's the area, a uh, high security area around uh, key government buildings in the U.S. states, uh, United States uh, embassy. Um, so when I hear them, you know, talking about hear Donald Trump talking about, you know, you attacking us, you attacking our, our embassy that's attacking. Us. Well, what are you doing? What are you doing right now to Venezuela? Here you are trying to prop up this unelected dude who didn't even run for president. And like, you know, has been pointed out several times on this program, who was trained by think tanks here in the U.S., and you just think you just going to pick their president, uh, take their property, because they also see Sitgo. And, you know, I had recently went on a road trip to Detroit for my aunt's funeral. And, I, you know, I didn't see too many Sitco stations, but I saw one Sitco station. And I usually will always stop at a Sitco station because Venezuela would use revenue to provide heating oil, cheap heating oil. They had a program here in the United States to help help the poor. So I, I like that. So I will always buy Sitco, you know, because we got a couple of them here in this in, in the county where, where I live, where they've even seized those are Venezuelan properties. They have seized those. And, and now all that revenue is going to Guaido. So I, I quit, quit going there. But just the hypocrisy, you know, the hypocrisy of talking about, oh, somebody shot a rocket at our embassy in Iraq, a place where Iraqis don't want you. But then you turning around and you doing even worse, doing even worse you know, to Venezuela's embassy and what have you. It's just, man, I, I don't know what it's going to take for some people to wake up to the, to this, to what's going on. Um, but let me play this clip. Um, this comes to you from Al Jazeera, uh, which is funded in part by the Qatari government, but it has a report on a rocket attack hit, hits Baghdad's green zone. Since you didn't hear about this, this, uh, Keith, again, I just found out about it late last night, and there are some a uh, number of articles. So, but in case you didn't hear, again, I believe this is a false flag attack. All right. So, but anyway, let me ro roll this um, report. It's five minutes. News out of Iraq, where there are reports of a mortar round being fired close to the high security green zone in Baghdad. The area houses key government buildings and the U.S. Embassy. Uh, the explosion was reported about 20 minutes ago. Let's speak to our correspondent, Charlie Stratford, who joins us on the line from Baghdad. Charlie, what more are you hearing about this? Well, certainly in the last few minutes, uh, we've spoken to uh, the media department of uh, one of the uh, Iraqi security ministries um, involved in security here in Baghdad. They are telling us but indeed, uh, a mortar round, what they're saying was a mortar round was fired um, to uh, an area close to the green zone. That comes uh, after reports uh, the, the Reuters news agency have spoken to diplomatic uh, sources, Baghdad-based diplomats. Uh, no reports of casualties as yet. Um, obviously, the green zone of, of huge significance because it is home to so many foreign embassies. Um, and government buildings, and we have seen in, in recent months uh, certainly uh, a breakdown of a lot of the security fences and security, obvious security measures in that area. And of course, it comes at a time of, of heightened tension. Um, Iraq very much uh, in the middle of this uh, 
in crisis between the U.S. and Iran. We saw uh, the U.S. embassy only last week um, demand that uh, its non-emergency staff uh, left the country. We saw over the weekend as well the uh, the uh, evacuation, what was described as evacuation of uh, foreign staff for the oil company Exxon Mobil in the south of Iraq, um, and. Obviously, an incident like this um, very much sort of plays into the hands of uh, those that are increasingly nervous about Iran right. being drawn into what has been described as, you know, a, a proxy conflict. Um, because, of course, Iraq shares um, so many political, um, religious, uh, military ties with Iran. And there's right. been a lot of focus on these um, so-called Iraqi militias or Iraq, Iraqi armed groups that are funded by Iran. But... So far, nobody has claimed responsibility for this, uh, for this attack. Right. And, and as you said, Charlie, no injuries uh, reported, no casualties reported uh, uh, so far in Baghdad. And, and as you also said, this coming at a time of heightened tensions with Iran, heightened regional tensions, have there been any additional security measures uh, put in place in Iraq in places like the Green Zone uh, where this attack is said to have happened? Well, no obvious additional security measures put into place. As I say, in the last few months, we've seen something that was very much celebrated by Iraqi politicians, by the Iraqi government, which was the removal of these blast walls and a lot of the obvious security measures that we've seen there for years, um, you know, since, uh, since sort of 2003, 2004, since the, since the, the US-led invasion. Um, but... We've also heard pronouncements by the, the Prime Minister here, Abdul Mahdi, saying that uh, certainly last week there had been no indication of any kind of increased threat. Uh, that very much in response to uh, the US Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo's visit, saying that he um, had been given intelligence that uh, there were what he described as specific increasing threats. Um, against uh, U.S. interests here, as we've seen this, this build-up of tension between uh, this, uh, the, the U.S. and Iran. Mm. Um, but as I say, this comes um, at a very worrying time. And uh, it's also worthy to say, though, that uh, certainly last February there was a similar incident when uh, the U.S. administration, when Donald Trump basically said that uh, he was very much um, for U.S. forces staying in country so he said to keep an eye on Iran that's the, around 5,200 US servicemen and women that are in Iraq we did see a response to that statement uh, fairly soon afterwards which involved um, the, the, the firing of uh, uh, explosive projectiles towards the US embassy compound right. again nobody injured in that attack so um, it's fair to say that these kind of attacks, and certainly at a time like this, where we're seeing this increasing tension, it's not inconceivable that uh, such an incident has happened. Okay. Charlie, thank you very much for that update. Again, if you're just joining us on the news hour, breaking news out of Iraq, where an apparent mortar has exploded near the heavily fortified green zone in the Iraqi capital, the green zone which houses several embassies, including the U.S. embassy. So far, uh, no reports of casualties, of course. We'll bring you all the latest on this breaking news story as and when information becomes available. Now, one, one of the things, now, he mentioned... 
um, that the Iraqis had said that they had seen no increased activity. Let me close this window. They had seen no increased activity pertaining to the intelligence that Mike Pompeo and the Trump administration claimed they had received. But you also had a, a UK general who is based there in Iraq, uh, supposedly to fight, um, um, ISIL, um, um, the, um, uh, Islamic caliphate uh, there, um, but again, I thought you know Donald Trump had his George Bush moment. I thought they had declared them defeated, but anyway, that UK commander said that he had no intelligence or or uh, seen none of the activity that Pompeo was describing. And then here we are, you know, just days later. Now I'm not sure if if it was a rocket or a motor or mortar. Um, you know, they're, they are not the same thing. A rocket and a mortar isn't the same thing. So, you know, that's just something, a, 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 um, a conflict in the reports that I'm seeing. You know, you're saying it's a rocket. Now we're hearing from another outlet that it was a mortar. What was it? You know, but some of the reports I said, uh, seen was like, oh, they went out there and they investigated and they determined that this rocket that exploded came from was Iranian made. Um, so, Keith, what do you think? You know, Scotty, it, it kind of goes back to everything we've been talking about. You know, the credibility, uh, hypocrisy. It's 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 so much the fabric of who we're showing ourselves to be. You you mentioned several things, you know. We you mentioned the fact that we're talking about there happens fits about, you know, Chinese ships in the South China Sea, you know, but we expect our ships to be there. We talked about the fact that uh in Venezuela that they're 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 having fits about people protesting United States presence there. Like they're wrong for that. You know, Iran and Iraq, it's 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 the other day they had a they had an article in which uh they talked about what was that uh the general that got into all that trouble. He was a uh, uh chief of staff and they they warned him against Mathis uh, this guy. That's it. Well, Bush came out the other day and they said, well, you know, this really isn't my fault. Somebody should have warned me against him. Well, you remember Barack did warn him. And you remember that female who was the district attorney at that time, she specifically went to go tell him. You remember that? He ended up getting rid of her. What was her name? Stacy or something like that. I, I can't recall. Uh, but you know it goes right back to 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 everything you're talking about and what they're saying it's it's no less than absurdity it, it reminds me of when Jesus was having the the conversations with the Pharisees you remember and what they were doing they were making all the demands of the people that they do this they do this they do this they do this but he said but you guys do none of these things mhm Hypocrisy. And that's right where we are. I mean, we're it's almost we're almost cartoonish, mm. you know, in our outlook and the stance that we're taking on all of these things. Mm. It's just blatant, flat out 
lies and, and hypocrisy and you know we go on and on with this stuff you know and, and and it's getting to be so blatant that people don't even bat their eye at it anymore um I, we got a call from brother davis get uh brother davis give me a second let, let, let me make note of this right quick though several times including twice this year the Iraqis have expressed their desire for the U.S. troops to be withdrawn. And they noted in that report that when uh, the Trump administration said, well, we're going to keep X amount of troops in there to watch Iran. And there was a, a, a rocket attack or some sort of a, a attack near them. It didn't kill anyone. It didn't hit anything, but it was near them. Um, now, you know, again, with this escalation uh, with Iran, and again, Iraqis have close ties with the Iranians religiously. Shia, the Shia is the dominant uh, form of Islam that they practice, which is in opposition to what Saudi Arabia's dominant uh, form of Islam is, which is Sunni or Wahhabism and, and what have you. And so I'm saying, though, even if they did, you're someplace that you're not wanted. You're in their country. They're not in your country. And they want you to leave. So I'll, even if these attacks are real, then I feel like, you know, who are you to say that they wrong for sending you a message? And say, we want you gone. We want you out of here. You've been here long enough. Go home. Let's go to Brother Davis. Um, welcome in to Tando Radio Show, Brother Davis. What's on? What What do you have to add to the conversation? Well, brothers, y'all coming up with a great show this morning, and there's so much on the table, so much. Let me start with this. First of all, the image of the American woman is being redesigned now. Over the last year, well, for the last two years, You've seen women being portrayed in a more masculine role. Even some of the movies coming out today, these women are assassins and, and killers of the same nature that they reflect men. So literally, that's a part of making people more conscious of patriotism in reference to what they represent in a war. It's a film. It is not what life is designed to be like. One... Two, all of this going on around the world is because the Republicans are not. I think 30% of the politicians right now have military experience. These people don't have no idea what war is. These people are, they are cash account people. All they want is profit and loss. That's all they see this as. The sad part about it is that they are, literally have plans for these wars. Don't think that they're not coming up with people to go to, to put in war circumstances. Now, why do I say that? Well, if you remember a month ago, he was talking about the crisis at the border. Well, now the Republican Party literally are letting people in the country and giving them bus tickets to where they say they have family at and a court date. Well, you know why they're doing that? Because they're going to dangle citizenship if they join the military. Think about it. You're not having a lot of people running to the military right now. And the sad part about it is that those people that will go in based on trying to get American citizenship, citizenship 
in most cases, if they are sent to war, they may not make it back anyway. Right. So literally, the dynamic of what the Republicans are doing is being laughed at all over the world. Nobody is following the sanctions they put. Saudi Arabia, who they had a protection agreement with for years, they broke the sanctions by buying $850 million worth of gold from Venezuela, which they used the money in order to buy more supplies. Other countries are doing that also. So literally, United States has turned into a paper tiger, but they still want the world to think that they have a certain degree of flexibility. Well, they do when it comes to the power of economics in numbers. Now, what do I mean? They are the second largest economical power. They're falling fast because right now India is at the, is at the polls because they want to be a, uh, a larger part of the world economic market. And this politicians that they had, that they're voting out, literally, were trying to be more of a uh, socialistic structure. They want a capitalistic structure to a degree so that those independent rich men in India can play on the world market. There's a lot of transformations that are going on right now, but these are going on according to the timeline of expectation. Over the next 50 to 100 years, society as we know it is going to totally change. Why? Because they're eliminating everything. And as they eliminate everything, they're failing to realize that greater societies than ours have rose and fall, and this will fall too. But what we have to understand is that in this process, we must save the sanctity of what is left for repairing the earth, because there's no other place to go. They're shooting for space, but listen, 99.9% of the people don't want to go there, and they can't afford to go there, and they're not even thinking there. So as we begin to watch this here thing unfold, don't think for a minute that China and Russia don't have boats off coasts of the United States. They actually are alienating the United States. Anytime Merkel's going to get up and speak for the, I, the EU and tell you that Russia and China have more in common with their interests than the United States, that's like saying, c'est la vie. But if people don't want to ex accept the fact that these things are happening because of the media coverage is not really putting the truth out there, there's going to be a whole lot of victims who think that literally the United States is the great, is the greatest, this great war machine. It's not. The only thing that's great about the United States, like they say, is the great Satan. And if you look in the Bible, everything that they describe Satan to be is what the United States does. It steals kills and destroys so we have to prepare ourselves for what is to come but yet we can't stop this because guess what these people are not conscious or compassionate mm. these people are basing everything they do off checks and balances i just wanted to add that brother well thank you thank you for your contribution and anytime you want to chime back in uh do so anybody else that wants to uh comment or make an observation, uh, please give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056.
56, hit the star key twice and unmute yourself. Try to watch your background noise. Um, you're sitting in with myself. I'm sitting in for Dave uh, on this Monday. Um, but uh, riding shotgun with me is uh, Pastor Keith, who's helping me to co-host the program. Thank you for uh, being here, Pastor Keith, and sharing your insights. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add off of what um, Brother Davis just shared with us, uh, Pastor Keith? I agree with Brother Davis wholeheartedly. Still, though, the thing that mesmerizes me with that, in my agreement with him, is a couple of things. Still, they're burning the ground beneath their own feet. The other thing is the other thing. The other thing about what Brother Davis was was saying that that again it shows how how much we contradict ourselves is what he was saying about the foreigners going into the military because a lot of them go in there to acquire a citizenship. Well, that's true. But the problem is the military has been putting those people out of the military who are there to gain citizenship. And to me, it just goes back to shows again, how, how the right hand is doing one thing and the left hand goes back and totally contradicts and sabotages what the right hand is doing. Yeah. Uh, we got another caller uh, from the 916 area code. Welcome in the Tando Radio Show. What's your name? And go ahead with your comment. Yeah, this uh Wes from Oakland. I was just uh, wondering if you're not concerned that people don't consider you anti-American, by the way, because I feel the same way you do. But if you voice that opinion out in the public, they swear you anti-American. So that's... Well, I've been vo- I've been voicing this same opinion ever since um, 2008, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and so <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, um I'm pretty sure there are some people, but again, as I stated the other day, I ain't got nothing against the American people. My problem is with the U.S. government and the evil that it does around the world. So, you know, they can paint they they can paint me anti-American all they want to. I'm not susceptible to their propaganda. You know, I really don't care. Hey, let me comment on that too, Scotty. Yeah. Uh, because I agree with what my brother said, but here's what's such a trip about that. I, I agree with you that they're going to paint you anti-American, but correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't protest what made American great and protest what made you patriotic for you to be of the fixing ills and the idiosyncrasies and the fallacies of the government. Isn't that what patriotism was about? Of course, that's somewhat rhetorical, but it just paints a picture of what that brother said and how they do whatever they, they want to do with however it is that they want to do it. Because you're right, you're going to be paid in that time. But like I said, we were a country that rose up in protest. Yeah, the Boston Massacre comes to mind. Um, for those who don't know the history of the Boston Massacre, you uh, uh, had, this was during colonial times in Massachusetts. And a teenager, a young boy, was beaten by some uh, uh, British troops. And then, so some of the colonists led by, oh man, what's the black dude's name? Uh, he was one of the ones that got killed and he pretty much led, led Crispus the Crispus Addicts. Crispus Addicts, yes. Oh, Crispus Attucks. 
Chris Chris Tux is is his name, and so he. Uh, was painted as the main one who was rallying the colonists to go and confront the police because that's what their job was. You know, the British troops in the colony, they were the police. And so they went to confront them and then, you know, the police opened fire on them and, and killed them. Now, that's is painted as what led to the Revolutionary War, the American Revolution. But it was hijacked, in my opinion, off of my study, it was hijacked by the wealthy 1% of that time, like the Thomas Jeffersons and the George Washingtons, who whose main concern was is that they didn't want to pay taxes off of the profits that they was making from slave labor. So, so yeah. And when, and when I'm speaking of is I'm pro-life. Remember I said the other day, I'm pro-life. War means death. And so I don't want to see a bunch of people being killed, whether they be U.S. citizens, whether they be soldiers, whether they be civilians in other countries. I'm just tired of all the death and destruction. So I'm being pro-life, Keith. That's how I see it. I find, I find the thing that you brought out, which was so interesting to me, is because you went into the Revolutionary War and you talked about the fact that uh, it was really hijacked. It, it, it basically came down to the point, uh, the fact of the protection of the wealth of the one percenters. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, you said that about the uh, Revolutionary War, but you can say the exact same thing about the Civil War. Because the fact of the matter is the vast, vast, vast majority of slave owners and profits and all of that uh, that was controlled by a very select, small, aristocratic that's, few. That's true. So th- that whole war was fought for the same reason why you said that the Revolutionary War. Well, hold it. Let's not stop there. What is the whole purpose in all these bean counters that you're talking about, the politicians and stuff, what are they fighting and screaming and hollering about? Again, it comes down to the wealth of the point one percenters. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes back to the same thing. The more things, uh, the more things change, the more they say the same. But what really gets me, though, Scotty, is it's always the masses that go to war against their own self-interest, mm-hmm. thinking that they're doing something some kind of way patriotic or beneficial to themselves. No, no. Now, I did say last week that, you know, these wars don't benefit the soldier. Well, I had to I had to add a caveat to that, which I had said before, because it sounded like I was contradicting myself. The only way that we benefit from the suffering of these other nations, the people in these other nations, is that it provides us with stable oil prices, stable gas, you know, prices where, you know, we aren't paying uh, $6 a gallon for gas. And then that also translate, oil prices also translate into higher food prices because of, you know, uh, fossil fuels being needed to uh, transport the food to the different, you know, distribution points or whatnot. So that's the only way that, that U.S. citizens benefit is, is, some somewhat stable 
consumer prices. But, you know, as we're seeing right now, you know, that stability is evaporating. And I have to ask the question again, do you want that stability at someone else's expense? I imagine a lot of people would say, say, yes, I hope that I'm wrong. But I think that that has been the mindset that has been cultivated. You know, I remember seeing signs when when Bush was, you know, invading Iraq. And there was this woman, I'll never forget it, this white woman uh, was at a protest in support of attacking Iraq. And on, on the sign that she had, she was like, it said, kick their ass and take their oil. And that, that has always been, been the case. When you look at the conquest of the western part of the U.S. and even the southwestern part of Texas, and, and all, it's always been about wealth. It's all been about stealing resources. And, and you know, that's just the simple truth of, of, of the matter. You know, um, that I feel like that's not even opinion. That's what history shows. But... Let me move on. Um, let me take our last station identification break. Um, if you got a question or comment, give us a call, 704-802-5056, 704-802-5056. Even if you have a different point of view, a different opinion, it's welcome here. We're not looking for agreement, okay, because uh, we're just trying to hash these things out and, and see if we can make sense of them. And so, you know, everybody's opinion is welcome. Alright, we'll be back on the other side. Um, Tando Radio Show airs Monday through Friday at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern exclusively right here on the Ten, uh, Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com Not a woo tango. And welcome back um, before I move on to this next article, which is related to oil prices, um, strategic culture, I mentioned that article, but I didn't get into it. And it's talking about fat, false flags. So I want to share some of this. Hypocritical to the core, the execution of false flag events spare aggressive states, the ignomin. I'm sorry, let me look up this word. One of the things when I took a writing class that uh, if you're a writer out there, you shouldn't use words that are not in common usage that people have to look up. Um, You may be tempted to show off your big brain and your vast vocabulary, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with increasing your vocabulary. Um, I think everyone should. But when you're writing for the masses, especially if you're writing for the American public, you have to realize that most people in America only read at a high school reading level. They don't read at a college reading level. So um, let me see how you pronounce this. Ignominy. Ignominy. I can't even say it. Ignominy. is It means public shame or disgrace. That's what that. So you could have just said, you know, the uh, uh, shame of appearing in public as the warmongering psychopaths they are, lest their subjects get the wrong idea as to exactly who is governing over them. That's why they do false flags is what he's saying. He's saying that. We'll we'll do false flags attacks. And speaking of false flag attacks, I've been blown away by watching some coverage. And almost everybody who has talked about false flags have mentioned the Gulf of Tonkin. To a T now, 
in, in alternative media and false flags, we've been talking about the Gulf of Tonkin for years, but you know what they'll say, what mainstream media would say? Oh, you're a bunch of conspiracy theories as it, theorists as if conspiracies don't exist. You know, the U.S. government charges people with conspiracies all the time. What is the Mueller investigation about? A conspiracy theory. So, you know, I, I've just been blown away by the number of pundits I've been seeing acknowledging that Viet, the Vietnam War was based on a lie, on a false flag. And, and, and I just think that's great. Um, but anyway, it goes on to say, the last thing tyrannical rulers want, after all, are battles raging on two fronts, especially if one of those fronts just happens to be back in the heartland. Psychopaths are mentally deranged, of course, but that does not mean they are necessarily stupid. Thus, once again, the United States is flying is flying its jolly tricolors from the Mediterranean Sea into the Persian Gulf, led by the aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln, as well as nuclear-capable B-52 bombers and a Patriot missile battery on standby. But America's reputation as a rabble-rouser and hell-raiser long preceded its entry into the Gulf, as did the frenetic rhetoric. And that, that goes back to what, you know, Keith was saying saying earlier about credibility. You don't have no credibility, okay? So just as the fleet was en route, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo delivered a warning that was so far beyond the pale of reality that it sounded as though it was scripted by a Hollywood film director with a penchant for embellishing American history. Well, this is what I'll say to that. And I learned this from a uh, college professor uh, who who focuses on the media. But a lot of people don't, all them war movies and stuff, um, they often consult the Pentagon. And even the Pentagon will pay um, to have war movies that, of course, show the Americans as the heroes and everybody else as, as villains. So um, it's possible Mike Pompeo was scripted by you know, some Pentagon officials who have uh, Hollywood uh, film credits and <laughs> what have you. So, uh, you know, with a penchant for embellishing American history. The response, and it's quoting uh, something here, the response of the United States and our partners and allies has been clear. We do not seek war, the statement reads, but Iran's 40 years of killing American soldiers, attacking American facilities, and taking American hostages is a constant reminder that we must defend ourselves. Oh, really? I was unaware that Iran had a history, a 40-year history, of killing American soldiers and attacking American facilities. I do know that they did seize the embassy and doing the, the U.S. embassy and and held those hostages um, um, doing, uh, what do they call it, Iran-Contra affair now and what have you. It was doing Carter's administration. Um, but, you know, this this is a revolution that they was having after you had put in a dictator, a brutal dictator. You installed a proxy like you're trying to install a proxy in Venezuela, like you've installed proxies in other countries, especially Central America, South America, you know. Um, so, but this is, this is fake news, so to speak. You know, to borrow Trump's favorite two words, this is fake news right here. 40 years of killing Americans, the article says, really? That comment brought to mind Papel's recent display of braggadocio as he reminisced over his former CIA days. 
We lied. We cheated. We stole, he confessed with a hearty chuckle to an audience from Texas A&M University last month. This is our uh, story that we covered on Tando. We had entire training courses. It reminds you of the glory of the American experiment. Ah, yes, the glory days. Next, he'll be shooting off about how he enjoys having the uh, shaving with napalm in the morning or some such nonsense. In any case, the prospect of America's leading diplomat who basically admits to being a bald-faced liar and darn proud of it, delivering a fiery shot across the bow of the Iranian Republic at the same time a large U.S. naval group is entering the Persian Gulf and Iran is struggling under severe sanction, does very little to instill much comfort or confidence. Uh, let me see. I don't want to go through the whole article. Um, meanwhile, it should come as no surprise that the mainstream media is doing everything in its power to stoke the flames. On Monday, the New York Times, and, and again, New York Times, these mainstream outlets, people, for example, want to hold Joe Biden, um, accountable for his vote to invade Iraq, Hillary Clinton for her vote to invade Iraq, and all the other ones that voted to invade Iraq. But what they really don't focus on, what they really don't talk about, because they were a part of it, but uh, the mainstream media was propagandizing everything that the administration was saying. All the li- They advanced those lies. They advanced those lies. So we're seeing the same thing here. On Monday, the New York Times citing unnamed sources. Again, I hate unnamed sources. If you can't name your source, then it's not a source. In my mind, it don't exist. And you're making up something. Citing unnamed sources published an article alleging that the White House was drafting plans to deploy some 120,000 troops to the Middle East in the event Iran attacked U.S. forces or expedited work on nuclear weapon research. The paper Gidley reported that such a force would approach the size of the American force that evaded Iraq in 2003. Trump, however, ruined the war party, flat out denying the claim, saying he would send a lot more than 120,000 troops under such circumstances. To underscore exactly how dangerous the situation is becoming, Sputnik reported that four commercial ships, two Saudi, one Emirati, and one Norwegian were targets of a quote-unquote sabotage attack off the coast of the UAE on Sunday. So this, this article is probably about a week or two old, but it should come as no surprise as to what country was blamed. Iranian or Iranian-backed proxies are thought to be behind the attack, according to U.S. officials. Although Iran in the past may have played down such provocations, this time around they are showing a striking level of confidence in the face of American firepower. An aircraft carrier that has at least 40 to 50 planes on it and 6,000 forces gathered within it was a serious threat for us in the past. Uh, Amari Amirali Hajadine who heads Iran's Revolutionary Guards Aerospace Unit, told the Iranian Students News Agency, as reported by RT, but now the threats have switched to opportunities. The only thing left to consider now is whether Trump left Bolton and Pompeo to their own mischievous devices in their dealings with Iran and even Israel, or is there some sort of safety catch on the gun, so to speak. All right, so it, it goes on. Um... 
But again, it, it's speaking again in the context of credibility as Keith was raising. Much of the world have have pretty much figured out that the US, US officials are a bunch of liars. And they and they've told lies in the past. And again, let's not forget who escalated this. Who escalated? Look, Iran is a signatory to the uh, Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. They have a sovereign right to develop nuclear power, uh, which can be used not only for a source of power, meaning electricity and what have you, generating electricity, but also for for uh, um. Uh, medical reasons and what have you and they even have a right to develop nuclear weapons because the United States has them Russia has them Israel has them which never signed the nuclear non-proliferation treaty and Israel even gave that technology which it has been said was stolen from the US by Israeli spies I think they put a couple of people to death for that um, and then transferred to South Africa um, apartheid government and what and what have you and so you know um, the world has apparently learned that you can't be trusted that you cannot be trusted and they are not willing to put their populations at risk uh, on behalf of U.S. interests because as brother I think it was brother Davis was saying earlier that you know Angela Merkel and the EU was saying the U.S. interests do not align with our own interests any thoughts or comments Keith you there boy how much time you got <laughs> I mean you we got about 10 minutes go ahead Listen to what you said, Scotty. How do we really expect everybody to be, the world to deny their best interests for the best interests of the United States? And that's what the United States expects. You know, think about, just think about that statement for a second, how utterly absurd that is, that the United States comes out and says, look, we need you, we want you, we expect you to deny yourselves for our benefit because that's basically what you're saying that's exactly what they're saying and have been saying the other thing that Scotty I thought was, was interesting is how evil and in in deceit and everything else how it works against itself. One of the things that you were saying was um, about the sources. You said, if they don't name a source, then there is no source. And I understand how you get that. But because of the evilness in this country, I was reading an article the other day that it talks about there's been 100,000 whistleblowers and the last, I think it was like five years, that have been silent. So that started, I don't want to say it started under the Obama administration, but that administration was known for going after whistleblowers, particularly Jeffrey Sterling. I think that was the black man who was in the CIA who exposed their torture program and he was prosecuted. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's been five years, which would definitely involve 
uh, the Obama administration. But the point that I thought was interesting was I, I see your point that sources should be named because it brings about credibility. But we're living in an environment now where is truth as greatly frowned upon and or punished greatly. So what do you do with that? You know, if you speak the truth now, literally, you could be putting your life right along. And exa another example of that was look at all these uh, all these doctors that are disappearing. That's talking about big pharma and uh, and these sort of things. Literally, they're they're coming up disappeared. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I I I see your point. You know, in terms of whistleblowers and people don't want to be named. Um, but in this context, though, these are leaks. Now, Trump was complaining I, I, about, I agree. Or was complaining I agree. about government leaks and finding and plugging the leak. But the fact is, all, all administrations have selectively, selectively approved leaks. You know what I'm saying? Of course they have. To manipulate Absolutely. public opinion. And, and then also, you know, when a newspaper, again, I'm talking, now I'm talking specifically about newspapers. I get so tired of hearing unnamed source, unnamed source, unnamed source, unnamed source. Keith, how do you know if it's a whistleblower or how do you know they just, they making, they not making it up? Cause a number of journalists have been busted for plagiarism and, and making up stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So you're right. You're right. And that's what I was. That was what I was getting at, uh, Scotty. When you have no credibility, when you have a, a history uh, of, of, of lies and deceit, there is no way you know what to trust, what, what not to trust. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 to me, it kind of goes back to the same thing. What's those? Uh, what's the newspapers? Uh, uh, not the obituaries. What are they called when when uh, uh, they pick a subject and you have somebody argue for that subject? Opinion. Opinion it. columns. Yeah, opinion columns. It's kind of like the same things with those because they would pick and and I'd hate them because they would pick a subject, right? And let's say like you wanted to be educated on that subject. Well, they would take a politician or a lawyer that will argue both sides of it on an expert level. And then when you're done reading that, what have you learned? <laughs> Nothing. Because now your experts have twisted this thing in the way that they wanted to twist it. And you go in there and you don't know one way or another. And that's the same thing that if you take the truth out, where you have no credibility from the speaker, where the, the administration is corrupt and all of that, you're just at a loss. Yeah, you're left to and that's speculate. that's kind of where we are. You can't believe nothing that they're saying these days. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly don't, unless I can verify it you know, through uh, other means of investigation. But uh, yeah, I, all of U.S. media has a credibility problem. And that's one of the reasons why Black Talk Media Project and Black Talk Radio Network was uh, created. Not saying that we're right 
and not wrong sometimes, but we are sincerely trying to find the truth and share the truth. That's the difference between us and them. We don't get any, we have no interest in advancing anyone else's interest. The only interest we have is, is trying to find the truth and make sense of what's going on in the world. That's the difference. I would say between the host on black talk radio network versus those you see on your cable news television. Keith, you got what you said is huge because what it comes down to is it's not even a matter of absolutely trusting all the information. If you know that those people are at least trying to be sincere and what they're trying to do, you know, it makes all the difference in the world. Whether the information is right or not, if you have sincerity and you're trying to do the right thing and the people know that about you, they can accept you being wrong. Mm -hmm. But when you just lie to the people to be lying to the people to carry out your own agenda, which is where we are, where, where the, uh, the government and, and everything else is perceived. They couldn't care less about the people. There is no sincerity in what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they were talking about, and I know I'm all over the place today. I apologize for that. No, you're but, doing you fine, know, The other hot topic is, is with uh, this pro-life stuff. I heard you mentioned pro-life a couple of times today. Well, I'm pro-life too, you know. But what is their agenda behind their pro-life platform. Is it sincere? If it's sincere, why don't you take care of the ones that are being born? Right, right. If it's sincere, why aren't you worried about the the the, 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 the welfare of the people going through this stuff? Mm-hmm. If it's sincere, how do you feel justified with killing somebody if they disagree with you? No sincerity in none of that. And, and it's scary because that's the country we live in now. Yeah, it is. So I agree with you 100%. Thank you, Keith, for um, chiming in and co-hosting today. Thank you, Brother Davis and uh, our brother. I think he said his name was Wes out of Oakland. Thank you for uh, calling in as well. We'll be back uh, on air live tomorrow, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Again, that's a new time um, if you're unable to listen to us live um please check out the podcast I, I try to get the podcast up in a, in a couple of hours sometimes i get distracted with other work and i might not get it up to that evening um but you can always uh listen to the podcast on demand if you think the programs on not just this program tando radio show but any of the programs and podcasts that are on black talk radio network if you think they're constructive please please share and of course we can't do any of this we can't maintain the plot platform without uh your financial donations so thank you to all who have been donating um and just thank you for supporting us through all all, all of this with that said uh, again, we'll be back on tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. This is Scotty signing out for Dave and Pastor Keith. Peace and blessings to all. Y'all be safe out there.
Gold dinar would have had serious consequences for the world financial system, but may also have empowered the people of Africa, something black activists say the US wants to avoid at all costs. We're slicing cake. We're slicing cake. Gaddafi didn't give up in the months leading up to the military intervention.